I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the 99th episode. <gasps> We're so close to 100. Yes. The official podcast of the Gibson Review. Featuring Shanna. I'm just kidding. It's not the <laughs> It is Shana. featuring Shanna. It's not the Shanna show. It is Shana, <laughs> half Shanna show. Uh, in every episode, we start off with the week in review, what TV shows and movies we have been watching since the last episode, move on to the main event, which is a topic of discussion or a main review, then finish up with film faves, our respective list of our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. In this episode, there will be no film faves. We are focusing in the main event on the year that lies ahead, the year 2021. This is our 2021 preview. So I'll talk more about this, but essentially we'll be talking about the movies that we're looking forward to most in the year. After We, we just survived the second week of 2021. Good job, everybody. Yay! Keep on holding on. <laughs> Love you. Uh, first off, though, we will have a short weekend review. But before I get into the weekend review, one correction I need to make that's on my mind from the last episode, our 2020 in review episode, I talked about Palm Springs as one of my favorite movies. And I think I miscredited the main actress in that film. Her name is Christine Milotti. I don't think I got that right in the last episode, so I wanted to correct that. Um, also, one of the things we're going to talk about in the Week in Review, I completely somehow, what we did in the main event in our 2020 in Review is we talked about different categories and assigned movies to different categories. We talked about the movies they didn't get, the movie I didn't get, the best movie, the worst movie, the biggest surprise. Well, we, well, I somehow accidentally skipped over, even though I was staring right at it, was the biggest disappointment of 2020. So the biggest disappointment, we're going to talk about that right now to fill that void. Biggest disappointment. This is a movie that had the biggest potential or the biggest anticipation, the thing you're looking forward to most in 2020 that just completely whiffed it. It was a huge disappointment. So, Shanna, would you like to finally share what your biggest disappointment of 2020 is? Can 2020 be the problem? Because <laughs> it kind of was uh, in many aspects. I think that the lack of experience Experience of going to the theater and enjoying that was my biggest disappointment. I think we got to go maybe a total of maybe six times, if anything. Birds of Prey, New Mutants, Star Wars, uh, Tenant, and maybe yeah. I watched Birds of Prey twice because of Girls Night mm. and it just it was super disappointing not being able to go to the theater it was disappointing that theaters didn't you know have the ability or opportunity or funding to pivot and make with their big parking lots a drive-in theater it would have been really wonderful I totally would have gone I, I think it was just really, really sad. 
Mm. Not being able to see certain movies in the theater and throw my love at them. Mm. Uh, if there was something I could rent or purchase, then I did. But ticket sales are really where the profit is. And that's how we vote for what should be continued to make, be made, right? Right. So that was really my biggest disappointment. That's my out-of-the-box answer. And I don't really have anything in the box so basically, the pandemic is your pick for the biggest disappointment of 2020. With the, with regards to movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was shutting lots down. of puppy time. <laughs> no, know. but shutting down movie theaters. Shutting down not, movie theaters, not not helping them out, not helping them pivot. Delays in movies and yeah, which we might hear I mean, more like, about that in, later in the episode. Look, don't get me wrong, guys. I. I'm totally a sane person that understands safety above anything else, but I'm allowed to have the feeling of being sad and disappointed. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. My and honestly, I couldn't pick a movie. I couldn't do it. I don't. I don't know which one to pick. Mm, okay. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> My pick for the biggest disappointment of 2020 is a movie that had come up with some anticipation at the beginning of the year for us we were looking forward to and I, th I think it was also kind of positioned at one point as the movie that was going to save the film industry mm. during the pandemic and oh and it's a bit too much pressure well maybe but it was holding fast to its release date, and then it did get delayed two weeks on its release date, and it still held fast. It was the one movie that still stayed, insistent on its theatrical release, and it did not work out very well. That movie is Tenet by Christopher Nolan. Not only is it the biggest disappointment of 2020 for me because it did not end up being the movie that saved cinema for the year 2020. And that's not necessarily Tenet's fault because people just insisted on living life like normal and increasing and spiking the pandemic rather than trying to flatten that curve before July. But also we were really I, I remember talking about this movie at the beginning of 2020 saying the trailer looked really cool it looked like the first movie that might be able to live up to inception in terms of quality and potential that this film had above all of nolan's films since inception and i don't think it did that i think there is a lot to enjoy about tenet but it is far from the masterpiece that some Nolan acolytes claim it is. It was just completely nonstop. You can't keep up with it. It's, it's exposition after exposition after exposition. And there's so much, so much you're just having like fire hosed at you as an audience member. And then when you actually have time to think about it, you, you're kind of wondering, was there really much to it underneath all the, the spectacle? And um, it really did not end up being the case for me. So Tenet is my pick for the biggest disappointment of 2020. 
a good film, but one that did not live up to the potential. So, those are our picks for the biggest disappointment of 2020. What are yours? Let us know. We have one more piece of business in the Week in Review. And this is a piece of business that's been years in the making. I can't even remember how far back this goes, but we finally finished CBS's Madame Secretary, starring Taya Leone and Tim Daly, as well as many other people. This is a six-season series. I think we might have started watching it. It started airing in 2014, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It went off the air in June of 2019, or May, June or May of 2019 was when it aired its final episode. We've been watching it on Netflix, so we must have started it around 2015, 2016-ish. I would say safely 2016. And we've just kind of dabbled in it, come, you know, watch a couple episodes here or there. And then only the past couple months or so, we've been watching with fair regularity from season four onward. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, this was kind of the show that we would go to in between shows mm-hmm. or and then we'd start something new. And then finally we thought, okay, well, let's finish it because there was definitely a lot that we could relate to or yearn for uh, about how the family is portrayed and then also how they're able to talk about politics and make it understandable. I, th- I think I prefer this over West Wing. I know that West Wing mm. is very dear to your heart and has a special place. And I know that it's very special to other people too. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's two different beasts. You know, I, I really love Madame Secretary. I, I love Taya Leone. I love the family dynamic. I love the, everything that happens with the members. And I just love when she's the one to come in and save shit. It's, mm. it's my favorite. So to back up a little bit, Madam Secretary is about Elizabeth McCord, who gets sucked into being the Secretary of State for the United States president, who is an old friend and colleague of hers back in the in CIA days. She used to work for the CIA, and so did the president uh, at this time, who is played by... I want to say it's David Carradine, but Shannon, maybe you can look up the cast and correct me. It's definitely one of the Carradines. I want to say it's David Carradine, maybe. So it follows, especially for the first four and a half seasons, Taya Leone's character as Secretary of State and all the different things that happens. And uh, also uh, Keith Carradine. Thank you, Shannon. It's Keith Carradine, not David Carradine. I think David Carradine is his brother who starred in Kill Bill, and I think he passed away many mm. years ago. Uh, so it's about her and her staff. But you're right. It does also delve into the personal life a little bit more with her family, her kids, her husband, his career, and um, the growing pains of the teenagers off and on, that sort of stuff. <sighs> trying to think okay so first of all let's go overall thoughts and then break down a couple other more specific questions what are your thoughts on madam secretary as a whole as a whole i think it is great from start to finish there's a couple episodes somewhere in one of the seasons that kind of drag Mm. 
but that's it it's like maybe four episodes are hard were hard for us to get through really you know and i don't know what was going on in our personal lives at the time so it could totally be something like that that mm-hmm. influenced it but i i love this show i would watch it again uh from start to finish and wow. i would really enjoy it because it's a very satisfying show things that they're doing are very satisfying and I like being able to understand government and issues and mm. political strife between other countries and I look it's probably a little what do you call those glasses that are special and make you see only rose the colored pos- glasses. Yeah, there we go um, it's probably a little rose colored but you know what I don't care because I'm learning shit so it's fine Hmm. Uh, but you know, I think, I, I think mostly it's rose colored and I don't care. I, maybe that's what happens if a woman's in charge. Well, again, she's not in charge. She's just secretary of state. Keith Carradine's president is the one in charge, but she's advising the president often, um, because the president looks to the secretary of state, military advisors, his, uh, chief of staff also for advice on issues, right? And she's one of the main voices. I really like it. The thing is, the first four seasons are like 24 episodes long, right? And it's 24 hour long episodes. And you have to be okay with that rhythm, that conventional uh, appointment viewing, full season order, network TV Mm. kind of thing. Uh, You know, the West Wing is that too you made that comparison it's even longer i think and sometimes that can be that can feel like a chore to get through i think overall it 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 starts out as one thing and it gets better and better and i think it ends with two more concise but excellent seasons overall i think if you're a fan of shows like the west wing then you're going to be a fan of madam secretary it is a slightly different flavor because you do get a little bit more personal with the characters, but uh, it's a great cast as well. You know, you got B.B. Newworth in there. You, you have uh, Zelko Ivanek, who is a fantastic character actor. And, uh, of course, I mentioned Tim Daly before. There's so many people that are in it, and every single one over time is excellent at their job shanna you're a fan of sada ramirez who is in season five four and five i think yeah she's from Grey's anatomy and then kevin rom i know from something but i'm not really sure what yeah there's lots of people that show up let's let's talk about more details of characters in a minute here first i want to say shanna was there any what was your what was your favorite season and what was probably the worst or most difficult season to get through? It might have been season two or three. I feel like it was an in-between where we had taken a long break and we were trying to get back into it. So there we go. It was personal shit. You know, it was maybe somewhere in there. That was your favorite season? That was difficult. Oh. And then my favorite season, I mean, it, the last season was great. I felt like it was this beautiful, big red bow being wrapped around the gift, you know. That's exactly how I would want to show that I invested so much time in to end. But I also really liked season five. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I my answer's similar. Uh, season five, I was really blown away by how season five in particular spoke to so many issues that the nation was facing in 2018, socially, with the leadership as well, and, and there's so many individual issues that speak to, or so many individual episodes that speak to individual issues. That's I was really, really impressed. They're just like, fuck it, let's just rip right into the world right now, uh, which the previous four seasons were not like that at all. And I like the last season as well. It kind of felt like they sped things up in the last couple episodes. It does have a, a shorter season. Is, is season six the one that has like 10 episodes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it feels like it could have actually used like 12 episodes, but mm. it's it's totally fine. Um, I like those two scenes the most. I think season four is the one that is widely considered by fans to be the lesser of the seasons, and that might have been that might have been true for me. Either the season four or season three is probably the ones that are like the Ugh, okay, let's get through this kind of seasons. But overall, a, a, a solid series were there any particular shout outs you wanted to give of care of actors or characters or anything much like we did when with our parks and rec and also our 30 rock discussions i just i love the relationship that you know our main character tia leone and tim daly have i love their relationship i think it's great you know it's also rose colored but it's also like well maybe if you had your shit together maybe if you understood each other this is what it would look like Mm. you know they don't really show big fights happening so maybe every now and again i wish that would be a little stronger but there's a couple times where they're like sleeping on the couch or whatever one Uh, of them has to sleep on the couch maybe i am the one with the rose colored glasses (laughs) (laughs) for this show that could be it but i love seeing their relationship and i love seeing how they navigate their teenagers i love seeing how you know all those little challenges coming up they they that they're facing by themselves uh in their separate workplaces how they talk to each other about it and then you know there's this one really great moment i i don't know if it's season six or five but they talk about ptsd and how they didn't know that oh. either of them were dealing with it. And they mm. both have a different perspective and they both have a different experience of PTSD. Mm. But they talk about it. And I was like, I fucking love this. You know, all this awareness and in- incorporation of real real issues. So those were your two favorite characters that you want to give a shout out to? I think so. But look, I mean, I love... What is his name? that I love in like a whole bunch of shows. Are you talking about Zoko Ivanek? Yes. I fucking love that man. I love that man so much. I don't care what he does, but this, he was pretty great. Yeah. I love that he had heart issues and stress, Mm. (laughs) you know, like, Oh, you're serving the president. Like you're the, you know, right hand man. Oh, good for you. Good job. (laughs) You know, I thought that that was great. And uh, uh, there's a relationship that the oldest daughter Stevie has, and and I love that relationship. And mm. it's just there's a lot of little things that I really love about the show. But oh yeah, and um, the Chinese Secretary of State, Secretary. He's either the ambassador or, or her ambassador. counterpart, the Secretary of State. Uh, yeah, Ming. Ming is like one of every time there's a Ming episode, I'm like, yay! <laughs> yeah, Francis Zhu is. 
the actor, giving him credit there. He is fantastic and one of the my favorite characters throughout the series. Also, I think if for me, uh, I agree that Mean is wonderful, especially as he becomes more humanized over the course of the series. Zelko Ivanek as Russell Jackson is a, is amazing. I like Sebastian Arcelus as Jay Whitman, but Eric Bergen as Blake Morin, who is Elizabeth's uh, assistant, essentially, or secretary, whatever you want to call him. He is wonderful, and he has all these different um, aspects uh, to his personality and who he is. But I adore Tim Daly. You know, this is the voice of Superman. Uh, for me and and I've been watching him since his sitcom days with Wings in the early 90s and and he is magnificent in this series so Mm. anything else you want to say about Madam Secretary before we move on I think people should go watch it it'll be great okay so I agree that as Madam Secretary it has been available on Netflix for years and with luck that won't change anytime soon so you can check it out So that does it with the week in review. Now it's time to move on to the main event, which is our 2021 preview. Okay, so each year we look ahead at the year in film and talk about movies that we're looking forward to most coming up in the year. We pick independently five movies that we're looking forward to most sometimes there's some overlap so we talk about those movies that we both are equally looking forward to most near the end and and otherwise kind of take turns going back and forth counting down our other picks for movies we're looking forward to most in the year shanna no peeking here but do you remember what movies you were looking forward to most uh, let's start with your independent picks last year oh pre-pandemic yeah uh dune okay that ghostbusters was... uh-huh maybe birds of prey i wasn't so sure about it okay and maybe wonder woman 2 maybe a serious woman okay so uh no (laughs) so you actually fared okay on your individual picks your two movies we had three that we shared and two movies that were your individual picks the two that were your individual picks actually came out last year they were soul oh cool and tenet yay me okay uh my two individual picks were mulan and Birds of Prey, two other movies that actually came out last year. Wow, so far we're winning here. I'd say... Four out of ten? I'd say out of those, like... Uh, well, they like worked, four out of eight. They worked out pretty well, yeah? Yeah. You know, I, you seem to like Tenet more than I did, so that, that worked yeah, out well for you. maybe you married an acolyte. well we talked a lot about that before i think there's a i think you're able to be critical of some nolan films but the three movies that we are looking forward to most two of them did not get released ghostbusters afterlife and dune 
And then the last movie we were looking forward to most was Wonder Woman 1984, which, of course, released about a month ago, and we were pretty happy with it, at least. Uh, For some reason, it became a pretty polarizing movie for reasons that I've heard a couple people articulate fairly well. I've heard a lot of people articulate poorly. (laughs) You know, the internet can be a very divisive and polarizing, and you either love something or... You hate something. Something's either a masterpiece or it's garbage. So that's fun rhetoric to weed through. But uh, those were the five movies, respectively, that we were looking forward to most last year. Thing is, a lot of movies got pushed to 2021. Will they come up again? I'm trying really hard to be positive for 2021, movie-wise. I mean, other things too, sure. But I'm really hoping that we make progress. But I also understand after seeing how vaccinations are going to work in Washington state, basically people in certain fields, 50 up are the first ones that are going to get the vaccines. And that goes until April. Yay, Senior Tuesday. So Yeah, no, great. At the movie theaters. <laughs> so happy. Um <laughs> They get to have the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know when the rest of us are going to get it. So I guess I would understand if we waited another year. But let's let's hope for the best. Well, I, I'm maybe ho- December we get everything. Well, good God, woman, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm hoping that that won't be the case. I'm hoping that by halfway through the year, a good percentage of the population, including us, will be a immunized and will more and more of us will feel more comfortable and movie theaters will actually be a exist and b be populated again so c these movies can come out uh there's already however been some movie releases dates that's been being pushed to later in the year so we'll see what happens we'll see with the scheduling as well of this podcast how that goes yay What is your number five movie that you're looking forward to most in 2021? Should everything work out just fine? I'm actually looking forward to The Suicide Squad with Margot Robbie. It's supposed to, you know, and a whole bunch of other people Uh, that that we know. A whole bunch. like a lot of people. John Cena? Like the guy, yeah, John Cena, the guy from Walking Dead that's an asshole. Michael Rooker. Yeah, yeah. And, Took me a second who um, you're talking about. <laughs> Come on, we all know who it is. He's in almost every James Gunn movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, and more. Go look at IMDb on your app. It's supposed to come out in August, and I'm looking forward to it because Margot Robbie, a- a.k.a. Harlequin, but also because of the shark guy. King Shark is in yeah, it? Yeah, I love King Shark in the Harlequin animation series and sure he's probably going to be completely different but i'm still looking forward to it okay very cool the fifth movie the number five movie that i'm looking forward to most was kind of a tough one because there's a lot of things i think number five i'm landing on the mcu we're supposed to have three mcu movies come out in 2021 if i understand correctly That is the next Spider-Man movie, which after Spider-Man Far From Home 
and all the casting announcements and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that is extremely intriguing. I do kind of wish, I won't say any details here, but I do kind of wish I hadn't heard of some of the casting announcements ahead of time because that's like the least exciting way to hear about some of these developments of what the movie could look like and rather seeing them for myself uh, on screen. That would have been mind-blowing to learn about some of these characters that's going to be in that but also like two new characters or whatever movies are coming out you have shane chi and i I don't know if it's i don't know the rest of the title but shane chi is a fairly obscure asian marvel superhero so he could be really interesting to see on screen a lot of interesting opportunities there and the Eternals. This is a movie that was supposed to come out in November, directed by Chloe Zhao, with a really strong cast that includes Kumail Nanjiani and Angelina Jolie. Also, not a very popular set of characters from the comics, and it could be really interesting to see come to life too. So MCU on the whole is my number five most anticipated movie of. 2021 my number four is raya and the last dragon it's set to release in march it's from disney it's directed by don hall and carlos lopez estrada and i've seen the trailer for it sorry honey i watched it without you it just mm. kind of happened um, <laughs> on purpose no i mean it really didn't oh. it just it i was watching shorts and then the trailer for this came up and i was like oh whoops <laughs> I guess I could have stopped, but, you know. Anyway, it looks like it's going to be very interesting. I'm curious. It seems like they're going heavy on the pet sidekick animal, you know, but it could be good. It like Tangled and the Chameleon? Or no, no, it looked reasonable and fun. Okay. But I like the Chameleon. I like Pascal. No, I'm just making a comparison. Yeah. Is okay. it like that? I'll say no because of your face. <laughs> so okay i'm looking forward to it. it's another it's a new princess coming in or warrior it seems like a warrior to okay. me so that could be fun a warrior would definitely be refreshing over a princess i'm pretty sure disney has done the princess theme a couple times before so you know well i'd love it because moana says she's not a princess and i'd like it if they continue to go that route for a while we've had like what nine princesses we could or 11 we could stand to have 11 non-princesses but women of equal leadership Mm. my fourth anticipated movie of 2021 is a quiet place too now this is a pick that almost makes this uh 2020.2 or 2020 take two because i didn't have it in my list last year obviously but there was a certain degree of interest and anticipation when it was supposed to come out in April of last year. I think the pandemic kind of preceded it by a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and the shutdowns. So, you know, that didn't work out. But all the press had come out for it. And anyway, uh, so I'm hoping that it works out this time. I don't remember when the release date is on this. I guess that's something we should have taken note on each of these movies. But... I'm hoping that it does actually come out and, you know, it looks like based on the trailers that we saw in the beginning of last year that it could actually 
be good. It could actually be up there with the original as it is trying to continue that story. So, fingers crossed. Quiet Place Part 2. I I also am curious about that one. The trailer looked good. The hype looked good. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw Emily Blunt on Ellen DeGeneres, and then, oh, yeah. I don't know, oh. maybe like a week or two later, it was when everything shut down. Mm, yeah. All right, Shanna, before we get into our joint picks, what is your number three independent pick for your most anticipated movie of the year? Oh, I also wanted to mention that Raya and the Last Dragon, although they will be in theatrical release, they'll also be Disney premiere, Disney Channel premiere. You mean Disney Plus? Yeah. Disney premiere, Disney Plus. Well, it said something about that in the Wikipedia article. Hmm. You probably have to pay for it. Is what it means. Oh, yeah, that worked out real well with Mulan. People really loved that last year. I was fine with it. I no, we were because to us it was basically just translating the cost of the ticket to the streaming thing. But a lot of people were pissed and refused to do it, especially since they were going to get to see it for free in three or four months anyway. But. Mm, that's neither here nor there. My number three is The Green Knight. What is The Green Knight? Tell us. You know, if you watch the trailer, it, it just looks really fucking cool. But it's A24. And you know how I feel about A24. Mm. And it's by David Lowry. David Lowry. Okay. Now, he did a ghost story. He did the Pete's Dragon one, a few good remakes by Disney. Yeah, so the description reads as follows. The headstrong nephew of King Arthur embarks on a daring quest to confront the... What the fuck is that word? Eponymous, man. Confront the eponymous Green Knight. Okay. It's set to release in July. It stars Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, and gosh, you know. Wow, a lot of people. Actually, Sean Harris. Joel Edgerton. Yeah, uh, Sean Harris, I saw Barry Keegan. Yeah, not a bad cast there. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the trailer looked really sharp. Mm. And so I'm, I'm really interested in what they have to offer. This was also a, another movie that was set to release last year. Yeah, and I could have bumped. sworn that I was interested in this one. Yes, you uh, were. I was? You were, right. yes. Very good. Hopefully that comes out for you. Now, Shanna, we have two combined picks, ones that we're both looking forward to jointly. These two movies were also picks from last year that now have carried over. So our second most anticipated movie of 2021 was our third most anticipated movie of 2020. It is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Da, 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 da. Will they incorporate that? I have no idea. But uh, do you have any other additional thoughts about this movie that you've had allowed to simmer for a whole year on anticipation? <laughs> I think um, the simmering is definitely the anger at not being able to see this one. Mm. This is definitely one of those that I was really disappointed that I couldn't see, but at the same time, with this one and with the next one we're going to mention after we've talked about this one, you have to watch this in the cinema. I, I didn't get to see Ghostbusters 1 or 2 in the cinema. 
I got to see the Ghostbusters reboot uh, with all the women that I love dearly uh, in the theater. And that was really fun. But it was a theatrical cut. So I'm hoping that this one is treated well. I hope that it doesn't have a theatrical cut. I hope that they trust. What do you mean by a theatrical? Where they cut certain scenes out of the film for time. You mean that the theatrical cut is actually a, a, a good edit? No, I hate the theatrical cut. But love, the theatrical cut is I like is the what extended you... cut. The extended cut is what I like. In terms of the 2016 movie, yeah. yes. But you're we're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. You just said you hope there's no theatrical cut. Yeah, I hope it, nothing gets cut. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you're hoping it's a good edit. And that there's not, like, it, there's no issues. Okay, look, I'm just super passionate about nothing being cut. Okay, so there we go. All right. <laughs> How about you? Do you have things simmering? Because apparently I did. <laughs> you know, this is a movie that I haven't really thought much about over the past eight what? months. Well, and I'm happy about that because mm. what I what I don't want is to know more. Yeah. Um, and I know that the marketing... It's going to be inclined to want to show more, to try to reignite excitement over the movie. And I don't know. I don't know if I will purposely avoid anything else that comes out about it. But I was happy with last year's trailer and knowing what little I do know from that. And uh, I, I just I just, you know, let me see the movie. Let me go to the theater. Let me go to the theater people let us go to the theater no tomfoolery anymore we've had it let me see this movie in the theater we don't have to we don't have to eat in the theater that could be good okay all right i mean if you're gonna serve pepsi we're not gonna really drink that are we (sighs) okay but yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing that film are you ready to talk about our most anticipated movie of the year i'm so excited so This film was set to release last year, and I think it was supposed to release at the end of the year, and it got bumped when Warner Brothers had to bump Wonder Woman 84 to Christmas, thus making this movie bump to October, for crying out loud. Fingers crossed that'll be enough time for crying out loud. It better be enough time for Denis Villeneuve's Dune to finally be released. Do you have any additional thoughts about this movie um, from, you know, that you've allowed to simmer already for an additional month? When they were threatening that this would be on a streaming platform, that's oh, when I started simmering. That's right. Actually, I started getting pissed. That's because not a threat. It actually is. I forgot about that. That, okay, what? so one of the things that we forgot to mention is Warner Media has announced that all of their movies, all 17 movies that are coming out in 2021, they will release internationally in theaters. Yes, they will release wherever open throughout the country. There's like 2,000 screens that are currently open in, in the United States. Well, they must still be in the middle of the country because um, they're certainly not over here. Right. Not through not 2,000 theaters. 2,000 screens currently open. So all Warner Brothers movies will release on those and anything else that may be open. But 
They otherwise will go straight to HBO Max. When? On the day that they are in theaters. So um, that and what Dune the is... What kind of sense does that make? Dune is also one of those movies, which Denis Villeneuve is anything but happy about. Well, so. I'm with you, Denny. Your film <laughs> deserves to be on a big screen. I agree. What the fuck? Either we upgrade our home entertainment system oh my God. in the next six months real fast, <clears throat> really bigly. Or, um, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or people get their act together, get vaccinated for crying out loud, and allow theaters to thrive once again so we can see Dune. Also, that would be preferred. I'm looking forward to it. I don't want any more rigmarole. I, it sucks that we have to wait another 10 months for this thing. But there we go. So I'm excited to see it in the theater. I think that's going to be an amazing experience. We all know that the cast is freaking fantastic. And we all know that the music and the effects are going to be amazing. Yeah. The only other thing I would say is Denis Villeneuve is not too optimistic about the future of Dune. Apparently he planned on a Dune trilogy. Oh, that would have been so cool. He said in an open statement of once Warner Media made their change without, of course, consulting him about this project, mm. that Warner has officially doomed the future of Dune because if streaming is the only primary means of consumption of film, of film of uh, Dune's caliber of its of its budget, of its production values, is not possible. So, fingers crossed that uh, things turn around. <laughs> On that note, Shanna, were there any other movies you want to give a quick shout-out that you saw in, in the plethora of other movies that you're like, okay, I'm also looking forward to... On that note, on that note, <laughs> I mean, I pretty much dropped a few wavelengths. Okay, so, Free Guy... Is supposed to come in May with Ryan Reynolds, and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. It looks like fun, mm-hmm. and I'd like to have some fun. And what is in it? a movie theater? What is um, that one about for people who may not know? So I believe the best way to describe that is he realizes he's in a video game, and that he has unlimited lives, and he starts going outside of his role. Mm-hmm. His role is to be, I think, a bank teller, and then they keep getting robbed, keep getting robbed, and he's like, I'm done. Right. And then he, like, improves himself, I think. Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to come out, I think, in December mm. of last year, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden got removed, apparently bumped to May. So that could be fun. I agree with you. Any, anything else you want to give quick shout-outs to? Just that one. Just Free Guy. Well, Quiet Place 2 will be great. So there's, In a theater. I had more. Of course, F9, Fast and Furious movie. I'm hoping it's better than Fate of the Furious. Please be as good as 5 through 7. That would be nice. Uh, it's also like the second to last of the series, I think. I hope. They were planned on making 10 total. Nomadland. So this is a movie that a lot of critics named one of the best movies of 2020. The problem is only critics were allowed to see this film via screeners and online festivals. It never got released in a limited release in, in, in theaters. It never got a wide release in theaters in 2020. So I count this as a 2021 movie. Bite me if you disagree. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, there's just no, no one got to see that movie, really. 
without those those other avenues. So I'm looking forward to that because that's got extraordinary buzz. James Bond's No Time to Die. Uh, I'm not really, really like diehard about it, but I am curious. I also just realized I never mentioned what my third favorite movie or third most anticipated movie of the year is, um, I believe. And it's Mission Impossible 7. So I'll make that correction now. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I somehow, I think I skipped myself there. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 is the third most anticipated movie for me because I always realized that, well, first of all, the past three or four Mission Impossible films have been extraordinary. Fallout especially is a great, capital G, great action film. And, you know, these movies tend to sneak up. It's like there's no one talking about it, no one talking about it. And then like two weeks before or the week of the Mission Impossible movie dropping, it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) And so um, I'm getting ahead of the curve there. (laughs) Okay. Also, there's supposed to be a new Mortal Kombat movie. And look, I still dig the original 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. It definitely has its issues. It's not a great movie. I would like to see that world reimagined. It was at one point reimagined and it's Mortal Kombat Legacy, a much more grounded real world imagining of what that would look like. And I still have to catch up with that limited series, but I'm interested if someone is taking that concept and running with it in a, a full feature length film. I think that would be really cool. I'm intrigued by that. Godzilla versus King Kong, pure spectacle. As long as it's better than King of the Monsters in terms on the on the writing level, that would be excellent and um, have a great time. And Respect, the biopic about Aretha Franklin, that has a lot of potential to be, you know, Oscar-caliber stuff. On the other hand, it could be like Judy, about Judy Garland. I'm hoping not, though. So those are the movies I'm looking forward to most in 2021. Those are the movies that Shanna is looking forward to most in 2021. What are you looking forward to most in 2021, aside from the actual theatrical experience once again? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Shanna, that's going to do it for this episode of The Movie Lovers. Before we talk about the future of the movie lovers and any uh, anything else, why don't you tell people where they can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography and on Flickchart at Spellbinding A. Go to the gifts. A very long list of places that are wonderful. Well, no, I mean there's like three or four, but I'm gonna name check some things that i would like people to clue into um go to the gibson review you'll find the best and worst of 2020 article there where i count down the five worst films of the year and the 10 best films of the year give my explanations to each on there uh you'll also of course find all episodes of the gibson or the movie lovers there as well as your current podcatcher of choice You'll find other articles. Pretty soon I'm going to be starting a series that will probably last the whole year of Disney Through the Years, where I go through and watch and rank and review decade by decade movies from Walt Disney 
Pictures, which is the live action studio, and Walt Disney Animation Studios. So keep an eye out for that. The first article will be about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and kind of an opening explanation of what this endeavor is and what it is not. That should be on the Gibson Review by the end of the month. Go to the Gibson 99 on Instagram. I do movie polls there. And since the last episode, we had a poll for your favorite 2011 movie. That ended up being Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I also kind of checked with you on which Wonder Woman movie you liked most, the first one or... Wonder Woman 1984, and you guys preferred the first Wonder Woman. And then I also did your favorite 2020 movie, which recently wrapped up. Soul was your favorite 2020 movie. And in at time of recording, I'm about to start a new poll, which is your favorite number one favorites. 2020 edition what i'm going to do what you will find is i'm taking all the number one favorites of all the polls from the past year and i'm putting them up against each other so you can determine what your absolute favorite was of all of the movies that you chose as your favorites kind of an interesting angle and then you can go to also the gibson review at facebook and the Gibson 99 on Flickchart. Okay, so the next episode of The Movie Lovers. It is our 100th episode of The Movie Lovers. So I am putting it out right now on Instagram what you would like to see. Uh, we have some ideas of what our 100th episode should be. I think, Shanna... I think I'm leaning towards doing like a Q&A sort of audience uh, listener Q&A and mailbag kind of thing. That's cute. But you 90s what, kid you. What well, I mean, you know, other podcasts do this too. I you mean, know. you're more of an 80s kid, right? We could also talk about Criterion, we could do a full review of a trilogy. What do you kind of lean towards most? If people have questions, that would be great. Even if there were just three or five, that would be fun to answer. Mm -hmm. And then it might be fun for us to share what we double dip on, what Mm. criterions we have, and we can briefly say what they're about and why they're so awesome. That's a whole bunch of different subjects to do for 100. Okay, well, there's my ideas, my love. (laughs) So we'll take your feedback and thoughts into consideration but uh it might be the um audio the listener q a uh look for that episode on february 2nd in the meantime keep loving the movies this is jeff and shanna saying bye-bye